Let me explain. Strategy? Let's talk a little strategy, guys. What else could you possibly want? Welcome to the third episode of um, the Strat Chat. So, so far, I think it's been been going really well. We've got to number one in the business charts for the, the marketing agency. So if you haven't checked them out, go back and give them a listen. Um, but yeah, let's let's get on to episode, episode three. Um, we've got a new member joining us, um, also from the, the strategy team, George Grant. Hello. Sophie is unavailable today, so George is stepping in. Don't worry, I'm better than Sophie. You, you definitely are the ideas man. You're the, the man that everybody comes to for, for ideas when, when everybody's stuck. Yeah, George, what do you do? I'm a creative strategist, like Carl says, just milked dry for ideas, basically, is, is my role there. But my position within the strategy team is really that, so working across a bit of both, working with our great strategy team, but focusing more on the creative stuff generally. Cool. And then obviously, we've still got Jago and Eliza <laughs> with us. Hello, mate. Hello. George, what are you talking about? Uh, creative ideas and stuff how do you feel your job has changed in the last two months or how um, do you think that I think the market has changed in the last two definitely, months definitely it's it's opened a lot of new new territories so definitely I think like it's become brands have definitely become more receptive to ideas it's it's a time when you know what you know brands that focus heavily on acquisition suddenly have gone shit actually you know I can't do that right now, but I want to do something. I've got I've got a marketing budget. What can I do? And obviously, there's this whole uh, unified thing that we're all going through, which is which is a global pandemic. So you can really uh, create some emotional, creative stuff. So I, I think it's definitely become it's definitely opened up a lot of brands to things that they might not have been comfortable with. It's a level level playing field. Money doesn't always win in this yeah. scenario. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. universally that it's a level playing field. Yeah, right? definitely. And I think we'll come on to we'll come on to some of the creative ideas and and what we think has been really cool lately, um, especially over the last week. Um, but to start off, some some headline news. I think the main one that everybody's talking about is is Joe Rogan and and Spotify. Um, Eliza, you've done a bit of research into this. Can you give us a bit of background on that? Yeah, sure. So basically, Spotify have nabbed Joe Rogan to exclusively create content on Spotify, which is kind of a big deal because his show sits quite nicely on YouTube. Um, huge numbers he pulls in. And this would mean that his full show would no longer sit on YouTube. Like he could still post the clips and things like that. But the majority of people will be coming to listen to his stuff on Spotify. Um and it's quite significant because they've been testing video podcasts on the platform as well. So they've been definitely preparing for this big move. And I think it's really a smart move for Joe Rogan to be on that platform because he's huge. He's like one of the major players. He's a lot of people's favorite podcaster. Um, so, yeah, it's a really interesting and smart move by them. And it means that they're pushing Apple Podcasts aside and they're paving a way to be the platform. Yeah, I think Apple Podcasts are on like, they get like 60% of audio listeners at the moment. And Joe Rogan is number one. So obviously it's a land grab from Spotify. Yeah. Being the, the being the podcast underdog, but obviously completely functional. I mean, I listen to podcasts on Spotify. Um, so yeah, it's just an obvious land grab. It's quite similar to when, was it Ninja who moved over? Yeah, um, yeah quite, a, quite a similar thing of just trying to, take more of that audience away from it and 
give them something that's quite unique to it. I mean, we see it all the time with the video streaming services like Netflix and Amazon Prime just trying to battle it out for the next series that everybody's watching or the next um, podcast that people are listening to. Yeah, I think Nin- Ninja got nabbed from uh, Twitch to stream exclusively on Mixer, I think, to try and to try and pull his audience across. So it's exactly the same thing. It's just kind of in a different vertical. Yeah, it, it was a hundred million, wasn't it? The, the mm. sale as well. And didn't yeah. the didn't the share well, price? I've, I've seen different numbers floating around. I, I, yeah, I've seen a few numbers, but I've seen as well that the Spotify share price or something shot up instantly. They, they're like. You know, it was such a, it seemed as such a lucrative move that it had a huge ripple effect on, on the rest of their business. I mean, because, I mean, everyone's talking yeah, about well, it, aren't I, they? I think, um, yeah, well, I think, like, like you say, it, it's, an, it's an acquisition focused mm. move because people that want to listen to Joe Rogan are going to have to, if they don't already, are going to have to make Spotify accounts. Yeah. Um, so I'd be interested to see what the actual, say like day one episode one not episode yeah. one but you know what i mean um what the what the uplift in subscriptions yeah. would actually be obviously it's free to listen to but i'd be interested to know as an acquisition yeah. move how much it actually I, oh, drove yeah i agree um, yeah i wonder if that data would be available i don't think people really care about what platform they listen on really i mean there's it's not much difference between apple Podcasts and and, and spotify just down to what content yeah. there is so i don't there's not like a feature that makes it better really um so yeah i, I yeah, definitely I, think, I, I think just... yeah, i agree but i also wonder if they yeah. if they bought the podcast as it is the rights to it or they it's going to change slightly you know i think he's like he's very much created his own format joe rogan over the years hasn't he and you wonder if a deal like this like a corporate deal is is changes the podcast or do, is it going to look exactly the same is it something that they've just gone we want you to keep doing what you're doing just in our space now i think that's something that got outlined like he said from joe rogan's mouth he said like he still has complete creative control and it's not going to change anything about how it is done now it's just a simple switch of platform yeah. so what you know as a joe rogan podcast is still going to be the same thing it's just where you listen to it or watch yeah. it as soon as as soon as spotify start to try and take control and make decisions he he i imagine within his contract is able to just say no yeah or stop it's, uh, i think aaron mentioned this earlier but it's it's something that youtube is bad for is is restricting content yeah. and say he wanted a controversial guest or he wanted to talk about something controversial youtube are within their right to basically to squash it um or pull it so but sh- surely spotify would have something like that along those lines well, it depends what the contract. contract says. It feels like he's he's bought, almost bought his freedom. Like um, he's in a position now where he has the upper hand, and he's contracted in such a way that he has, retains creative control. The only risk is that has does it defame his brand at all? Because mm. obviously, it's quite it started as quite like a cult sensation thing. Obviously, now it's massive and super mainstream. But so many memes come from there. So much, so much news comes from there. So much like exclusive, like exclusive like the interviews with elon musk and stuff yeah have been memes endlessly mm. but i don't know will it still be such a cultural phenomenon now that it's been purchased you wonder I'd and it, it, even like you know like uh, i don't know if you know joey diaz he has on there that the comedian he sometimes has mm. sitting with him on it like he is very much uh not pg he talks about you know fairly like 
uh, unsafe brand, unsafe things. So it's like you, you do. I know that they've bought it out of this, but I think they must have some sort of like dictation over what you know who he's who he's going with or what he's saying. Like you don't pay a hundred million and just say like, oh, like you know it's fine, just do what you want to do. Like you, there has to be some sort of stipulations, even if the the core is the same. Like there has to be something, surely. I mean, yeah. the main think... the main reason that YouTube have had to like police what is said and who is on the platform is because of ads, and Spotify yeah. do the same thing. They run ads as well, so brands yeah. don't want to be associated with negative topics. So there's obviously going to be something in place to ensure, or if it isn't, there will should there well there should be because if brands are paying a load of money to run ads on a particular podcast and the topic is very un well not brand safe, then there's going to be a real issue and it's going to be the same issue that YouTube ran into and it's going to be something that they're going to have to sort out and it's also a huge thing to try and find a way to like filter and make sure that yeah. you can flag things and like yeah. what do you class as bad things to talk about it's very much uh, a sticky topic to kind of yeah. digest and kind of Definitely. filter out and I, but I think the, the it does show the power of this i always think podcast is the weirdest medium right like it, the the joke is like everyone wants to start a podcast like that you know even us like everyone it's a bandwagon yeah. thing right and people see him as somewhat as the he molded what the like the modern podcast formats like you know the round table discussion yeah the like getting guests yeah. to do crazy things that they wouldn't do anywhere else it's like the the you know the stuff the radio could never do podcasts saw that that was the opportunity right so i think it's cemented this idea that podcasts have a huge amount of value uh as a medium you know when actually for a long time people have thought it's just like people in a bedroom with a microphone because it's so easy and it's you know low cost and kind of rough around the edges that it would never be able to be monetized but you know here it is that amount of money that bigger platform like it, it's it yeah, it cemented its position, definitely. It's nuts. My my favourite thing about it all is that um, he, I can't remember when it was, it was a while back now, but he did a rant once about how he hated Spotify because they didn't pay artists enough. <laughs> and now he's, he's been paid 100 million to move <laughs> over and he's seems to have changed his tune. Well, yeah. oh, he's clearly getting paid enough now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. It's not exactly solidarity, but yeah. anyway, I feel like that, that that's what everyone's talking about at the moment, so we won't spend too long on it, but that is it yeah and it will be interesting to see as, as you kind of touched on jago that it'll be interesting to see if it's just the now the people that were listening to joe rogan have, are moving over or this in the end is becoming a, a publicity stunt in itself and getting more listeners as well um is this going to mean that more people are now going to be aware of it and are going to start listening to it as well as not as, as just the people who were listening to it on apple Podcasts and moving over um so I think it'll be quite interesting to see that the uplift off the back of that. Yeah. Um, any other quick headlines you want to touch on um, before going on to kind of the next section of talking about platforms? Um, I think right. another interesting one is Facebook acquiring Giphy. I think that's quite an interesting um, move by them because I think the main issue with Giphy, it doesn't really have a place that really sits too well and Facebook are looking to integrate Giphy into Instagram. So I think it'd be interesting to see what impact that has. Is Giphy just the platform of using GIFs or is it creating it as well? It's like a host, it's a hosting platform. So you can create them and then they're hosted on Giphy 
and then you can put them out wherever wherever you want really so that's what i think that's what whatsapp uses um and i'm pretty sure you can get them on twitter as well i can't picture exactly where they live on instagram obviously you've got gifts in your stories but i'm trying to think where else they can be integrated really well messages surely dms yeah that's true you can't you can't you can't gif on dms at the moment yeah yeah I'm trying to see how like like is it going to be a feed thing like surely not. Yeah, it'd be interesting um, to see how they how they look to integrate that. But I yeah. mean, it's like a huge um, digital communication medium at the moment, so I think it's useful that they've they've acquired it for sure. What was I saw a stat the other day that like since lockdown, something like ugh, can't remember how many billions of gifts have been sent, but like there's been a huge huge increase. Yeah. I think that they, they, it's yeah. like they out of the seven billion gifts per day, Giphy, uh, people use Giphy for three point five billion of them. So about fifty percent um, of all gifts in a day globally are sent through Giphy. So that, I mean, it's it's a. I think like Facebook. I read somewhere it was like it's only their fifth, like or it's like their fifth largest acquisition they've ever made. I can't remember the figure. It was like four or five hundred million. So you've got to think they've got to have a they've got to have a good reason. They've got to have an idea in mind as to why they're doing it. Well, they're gonna start tracking what gifts I use now. <laughs> it's the data thing, I think, really, isn't it? They're just they're just buying more data. But then how much data can you get from a GIF, surely? Apart from like trend forecasting and stuff like that. I think it's more the amount of the amount of brands that are now using it as a as a way to create content. And you see it also with like sports teams like pretty much every sports team now gets their gets their players to do some sort of well we've got them yeah we've got them yeah. i i yeah. use i use george's one of him spinning around all the time george you can think... now use that to slide into dms mate <laughs> Dude, that's the thing Giffy's open source anyway so like are they gonna make it i don't know are they gonna make it more difficult for brands to use it and therefore monetize it or are they gonna leave it as it is completely open source anyone can make make and share what they want I don't know. I I imagine that they'll they'll control it like they did, well, like like Snapchat did, with changing the filters and if you wanted to do something branded or if you wanted to do something around a festival in a festival in a specific location, yeah. it you had to pay for it and pay yeah. a ridiculous amount of money for it as well. Yeah, I suppose they could promote branded gifts. Try and have them out at the top of your keyboard. Try and get them. Yeah, try and get get them trending somewhere. Yeah, I mean it's really interesting to to see how much a change in a platform can have a knock-on effect on not only how the users interact with that, but then how brands use it as well. And I think moving on to our next segment, which will be talking about the, those platform changes, um, is, and the big one is, is TikTok. I mean, this has been something that I've always wondered about TikTok when it first came onto the scene, is how does it work with the music usage and the, and the rights around it? Because it is such a touchy subject um so eliza do you want to kind of touch on what the the news is around tiktok and the music music usage yeah so basically tiktok have changed its music usage rights for uh, verified businesses on the platform so this doesn't mean at the moment it's for every business on the platform just ones that are verified through tiktok and they will only now be able to use like music um from a commercial music library which is opens up like a, a bigger question of when does this filter down to smaller businesses? Does this then filter down to creators? Um, much of the the benefits of TikTok is you can get 
like new songs or popular songs trending and people using those sounds so if you start um, limiting the amount of time amount of people that can use certain music sounds um, will the platform still be the same but isn't it isn't there potential that this becomes an, another a revenue stream for musicians that's surely like the best thing that could happen at the moment mm. is that brands have to pay TikTok could make create an easy way for brands to pay to use the music then they would make money and the creators would make money and the brands are able to 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 get involved as well that's like what I would see as the like the the dream outcome but the problem in the meantime I see it being a nightmare because say I don't know say you pay an influencer to create something that lives on their channel that's is that allowed is that what if you reposted that on your own channel is that they're not allowed does that mean that brands aren't allowed to, to join in on trends? Um, if so, trying to grow on TikTok would suddenly be really, really difficult. And then also yeah. what de- what defines a business or a brand? Say you're an influencer or like even a page and you grow and grow and grow. And then one day you suddenly become a business. Then what happens? Like when does a creator become a, become a business and are they, are they under the same rules? Like, it's going to be really, really murky. I think I mean, this whole debate has has always been around around music rights and um, music mm. usages. I mean, you you look at any time you put anything on on TV, um, even if you are if you have a restaurant and you're playing a radio, you need a license with PRS in order to play that music to yeah. because you're distributing it to other people. I mean, technically, we need one you, in the office. Went to yeah, play it for exactly. us on us. We need a license. Exactly. If you technically, if you have a speaker and you're playing to five people, you need a license in order to do that. So, I mean, th- there's always been these rules in place, and I mean, even with with Instagram and you looking at like your, we we deal it with all the time with um, kind of usages on on content and on um, images. Like, it, it's such a gray area that you like. Well, once you put it out on social, you kind of lose the rights to that content. Mm-hmm. So if a up-and-coming star or up-and-coming musician puts a song onto TikTok, then what does that mean? If they haven't gone through the usual process of, of actually publishing it, do they still have the rights to that song? Is a brand then able to use it? Or is it only down to music that's actually coming from your big record labels? I think if if you look back to YouTube as well, it was a huge issue and it still is a huge like a huge issue for creators at the moment. Um, so many creators on YouTube are finding their their content getting uh demonetized um because it's got copyright content and it gets flagged and like there's been so many like teething issues with it as well where like uh somebody sang a song themselves and then that got stroke uh strike for copyright so it's like how far does it go and then there was another issue ages ago with a youtuber who sang their own song and then somebody else used that song and then copyright claimed him on his own song so it's like a way platforms have to be very good at policing that as well and, and setting the standards yeah because basically there's two there, there's two ways of it i mean i i used to kind of actually work in in music licensing and there's there's two strands to it so there's one that's uh, called ppl which is the the song lyrics um and like the the basis of the song and then there's prs which is the actual song so if you do a rendition of an ed sheeran song you're not breaking prs because you're not um kind of just redistributing that song but you are breaking ppl because you're you're using that um 
those lyrics in that part of that song so again there's so many different like variables and different bits that now when you're putting onto a platform that's so has so much variety like tiktok the way that you're going to be able to monitor that and keep track of that is going to be so hard is that what you're planning on doing car doing some ed sheeran covers in your music (laughs) that's that's my plan no i I strictly play wonderwall nice brit pop mike if I was TikTok, I think the best move they could do, probably like big picture, is if they could become a label and sign artists and then sell rights to brands and then use their uh, hashtags and algorithms to make the song trend and make an absolute fortune. That's that's the business move that I would, I would do. But it's just it, it's so it's difficult yeah. because TikTok is just it's like its whole community and what it is. It's just it's so hard to define what tiktok is still even at this point so making big changes like this like you just can't see the outcome when something's not fully developed yet you don't really know like a big move like this does that does that kill it off for a big portion of the platform or is that just something people will have to adjust to like you know we we can't foresee what something like this will do especially you know in, in the context of brands but you imagine that this is something that will put some people off and then entice a new kind of audience but it's it's big definitely i think for us like the best thing that can happen is that influencers are obviously allowed to continue doing what they're doing but for brands to do it they have to use influencers um yeah i mean brands making their own tiktok content is pretty hard anyway but um i think for us it's not necessarily a bad thing i think it's always such a difficult one because artists obviously want their songs to be played and want their want more people to be listening to their songs but at the same time they want to make money from that so the up-and-coming artists are like yeah cool everybody listen to my song that's great they just want to be known and they want to get their name out there but then as soon as they reach a threshold and now that's their living then they're more like okay well hang on i want to get paid for this now um and i think that's where the battle will come in um and that's why we'll probably see well, we've we've really seen that TikTok has been such a great platform to catapult artists into into fame. I mean, um, what's his name? The guy who does the old Lil Nas road. X. Lil Nas well, X. Well, <laughs> he came from TikTok. Like, there's so many songs that that have done that. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see that that barrier and, and seeing how it affects um, how people interact with with music and. Um, how it comes from the, the the actual musician side, but then also from the record label side. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, yeah, going on to then more uh, back onto Facebook and Instagram um, and what they've done. Obviously, we've seen a lot. I'm sure you guys have it. I think when you live in London, you have a lot of friends that have started up their own little businesses. Um, and quite a few people are using that small business sticker to really amplify that and get more people aware of, of their small businesses and um, get more I can reach for it. Um, Eliza, do you want to touch on that as well? Yeah, so basically, I mean, Instagram have been releasing tons and tons and tons of new stickers. And one of the interesting ones is a small business sticker, which actually sits as a collective story on your story when you can like flip through all the stories you see from people you follow, your friends. Um, And the results of that is really obviously celebrating the smaller businesses, giving them a lot of awareness with a lot of people that follow them and their friendship groups, but also a lot of stories that 
utilize the the sticker see a huge jump in views it's very it's very timely as well like it's very well it's like it's a very simple feature at the right time obviously small businesses need everyone's support people want to support their local small businesses or like say their friends startups or whatever um and it's one of the things that like i reckon it's it's beyond this it's going to stick around just because it i don't know it's a nice thing and it works um and i think from a like a pr perspective from facebook they've kind of made it clear that they are supporting small businesses in many ways and that's kind of like part of their part of their corona efforts is is focusing on small businesses um i know a few weeks ago they were they were awarding grants in in the form of uh, ad credit to small businesses so I think it's nice yeah. for a big platform like that not to just care about the big spenders, but to like to to think about the smaller ones. And I think they timed it so well where they obviously did the stay home sticker first. Everybody was using that. It got great traction. And then when it got to a point where everybody was like, okay, I've done this now. I've seen all the people were skipping past it. People weren't really engaging with it. They then just came in with something new and something different. And I think it just shows that platforms like that, the reason why they are able to stay around for so long is because they know when their audiences are are over something and, and want something new. And I think they've brought this in at, at such a good time. I think if they had done this at the same time as the stay home one, then neither of them would have had as big an effect as they as they each have had. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they what they bring out next when this kind of then becomes old news. Yeah, we know as well that you know small businesses. This is their this is their cheapest form of marketing. This is like this is the how you start a business 101 like every buzzfeed article will tell you make sure you've got your socials in check right you know we know from our experience that when we work with brands and stuff like that this is the first thing we're looking at right so they also know that this is gonna they're you know embracing a huge portion of their platform which is small businesses or people like you say carl people you know out of their bedroom businesses and stuff like that this this is just this is just enticing them even further onto the platform. It's it's giving it, it's making it even more of a like uh, thing where like if you didn't have it, it's just ridiculous. So it's a smart move, yeah. but it's also really well timed as well. I think like it's very much in their interest because like like you say, you have have massive companies that can spend millions a year on Facebook ads, but you can also equally have ten thousand small companies that spend a thousand dollars a month. And obviously that's a huge, huge, huge revenue stream. Yeah. And in this climate, there's a chance that a lot of small businesses could, could go under and, and not survive. So in a way they're protecting their own revenue, but it's coming across as they're doing a nice thing. So it's smart. Yeah. Yeah. And they've then tied it in so well with announcing the whole shops element where they are essentially providing online stores for for any for any brand um, or any business that that needs one, um, instead of having to have a whole website, which I mean are, are pretty redundant now. I mean, when was the last time you actually went on a on, on a brand's website instead of just going straight to their socials? So Ooh. now, if there's one place where where people can go and actually purchase, then it's going to be so useful. I think, I mean, in the Asian market, we, what's um, what's the app? Eliza, we, that you can pretty much do chat, like, yeah, we chat. yeah, you can do like everything on it. And mm. I think Facebook is now starting to, I mean, we know how massive it is, but they're now starting to use its, its pool of different platforms to bring it all into one place that it, it can be really easy for their users, but also for the brands. Yeah. At the end of the day, they, they don't want people to leave. 
and the moment you click on a web link you, you you've gone you're off platform oh. um they want to keep you on there and they, they and then they can take revenue but like instagram has been shoppable for a while so facebook has been as well but um they've always the shops have always been hosted on the pages so it's kind of like another step where you can go from your feed or your channel or whatever um and yeah that can be shoppable that's fine but it, it's taking you then to a custom shop um within facebook and it's like they're trying to they're trying to steal market from people like shopify um they're basically trying to expand their reach and and, and keep people's attention for as long as they possibly can yeah. I think it's yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the the move to make shops it's just streamlining streamlining the process of setting up these online shops through Facebook and Instagram. Um, from my my experience when I used to do stuff like this and building shops through Facebook, it was such a annoying platform to create this like uh, shop page, um, and this makes it so much easier. Um, streamlines the whole process. Um, you can customize. Also, you'd have to you have to set something up. Say you're using Shopify, you'd have to set up a Shopify account. You then have to like populate it with your products and design the site. And then you'd have to, if you wanted to run Facebook ads, you'd have to get your pixel and then install yeah. it on the site. And then you, I'd be you'd have to log into your Shopify and log into your Facebook and run the ads. They'd always and then check be the back end of your Shopify. Well. Yeah, so it would something would track on Shopify, but it wouldn't track on Facebook. And I think if it's all in one place, then you're minimizing drop off your retargeting will be so much easier. Um, it will, yeah, it, it's going to have a huge impact. Like you say, yeah. if you want to start something up, you can do, you could probably do it in an afternoon um, if you really wanted to, and you could be running ads by the evening. Um, so yeah, mm. huge potential. Because what, what I'm hearing yeah. though is you're, you, it's, it's too late, Jago. This is, this is, this could have been done ages ago, really. Like they, they've timed it well, but this is something that they could have brought in way sooner. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this is necessarily timed for the current situation. I think it's just. I think they've just decided to release it. But like I say, they've been trying to make Instagram and Facebook shoppable for a while, and I don't necessarily think it's taken off as well as as they thought it might. And I I don't know about the the checkout journey or how any of that works. But if they can centralise all of that, then they're, then they're making a huge land grab. And like I say, trying to do everything in one place. If you're a business, it makes everything so much easier. I think the main thing with these kind of things is you don't want to have too many steps in the purchasing um, journey. And if this means that shopping and buying something, once you see it on Instagram, takes fewer steps than normal, I think it's definitely going to encourage more people to shop through social. It's all about convenience at the end of the day. And if you make the shopping experience convenient through social, then it's a win. It's like Amazon. Once you've got your Amazon account set up and you've got your your details and you've got all your accounts or whatever it's just so easy to buy stuff and i think with facebook and instagram you might see an interesting story or something and you'll swipe up and then you'll go to the in-app browser and then you might choose something and then every time you've got to put your your information in again if you're not leaving the platform then and they've got all your data and they've got your payment details you can buy something in a matter of seconds so will be interesting to see what that does to people's conversion rates and, and such like. Am I the only one who thinks that the the search, well, the, the like internet feature in Instagram just feels dodgy? Like anytime I go onto it, I just want to go off it and actually go onto Safari or whatever. Like I would never put my yeah. banking details into that. Yeah. <laughs> I think the problem is that it's not, it doesn't feel um, personalized. So when you use Chrome or Safari or whatever, you tend to have your account 
and it saves your information and, and, and everything's kind of tailored. But every time you use that in-app browser, it's like having a fresh browser and it just makes it slightly more clunky because it's not it's not tailored to you. Um, uh. Whereas obviously a Facebook account, everything's, everything that you see and is suggested um, is tailored to you because they have so much information. Yeah, I agree. Um, right for the last for the last thirteen minutes before we we get get off and start clapping for the for the NHS, um, thought we'll just touch on a few creative ideas that we've seen that we think have been really good. Um, I think there's been a lot lately that have been around really driving UGC, encouraging people to create content while they're at home, as we have seen from over the last few weeks. Um, but now brands really all starting to get involved and driving hashtags, but. One that I wanted to start off talking about, which I thought was pretty cool. I mean, we, we've all heard the Just Eat ad that's been running for ages with the song. Um, Jago, do you want to give us a rendition of the song? I'm, I'm not fucking singing that card. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we Please all know no it, one it, do it. it gets stuck in your head. And I think a lot of people just got very annoyed by it. And now they've found quite a way, probably quite an expensive way to pivot it and make it a little bit more uh, i don't know it's i mean it is quite a good song now i quite like it <laughs> but they've got snoop dogg in to um to add his twist to it i also quite liked um i don't know if you guys saw it but they first had an ad come out that was saying like it was snoop dogg saying oh this is coming it was like almost yeah. like a pre pre-song drop uh, announcement and then they actually launched it, which is which is quite cool, and I think quite a great way of pivoting something that people thought, oh yeah, that's that's funny or whatever, but now made it a quite a impactful campaign. I think well, it was starting to fatigue. Like, yeah. obviously, it was stuck in everyone's head, and it's not like, it's not that great, but it just gets stuck in your head, and everyone's like singing it or whatever. But it does start to fatigue, and if you're in their creative department, yeah. you got to think right. Well, do we do we scrap this and do a new campaign, or do we think right? What where can we take it next? Definitely, um, you can you can see you can hear the meetings that they had, like in the creative department. Yeah. They're going right. The sentiment on this is that everyone thinks it's fucking annoying. They get stuck in your head, right? How can we double down and make this something that like people will never forget? Like when you go, oh, do you remember that? Do you remember that really annoying advert? Like, and then you go, oh, and then they brought Snoop Dogg in it. Like you. You are literally yeah. put, putting it down in the history books, then I don't like. But what you are doing is closing the door on it. Like you can't come back from it. This is a send off in my yeah. mind. Like it's a you like we've yeah. had our fun with it. It's a crescendo, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, exactly. It's a crescendo. It's, exactly. it's, the, it's the peak of the campaign. Like you say, you can't. You can't. Re- where can you go next, really? Yeah, but I think it works with this one, where they did have one. Whereas with the IKEA one, and it was. Big, big nasty, was it? No, DWE, mate. DWE, sorry. Like that, if they had to, if they came back and tried to do something like again that's different, do you think it would work? I I think it would be like kind of sapping it dry a bit. Wait, what do you mean? If if Just Eat did it again? No, no, no. If if IKEA came out and did something similar to how Just Eat have done, where they've like added another twist to it. But mate, the the IKEA one for for me that was the best 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 out of the year. Definitely the best out of Christmas. Yeah, it was just like. It was just so smart. Was so yeah. smart. I, th- I think that's a, that stands on its own. That's not like a a year long campaign. That's just like a one one piece. That's just fucking good. Yeah, you you like. Yeah. I don't think you. There's no need to come back from it. It's enough said, right? Like we're we're still talking about it all this time later. They they got exactly what they wanted. Like 
that you, they don't need to revive it or redo it or or anything like it's just let it have its moment and people will naturally remember it so i think and i can yeah. they're they're so they are they're my favorite brand by a country mark because they're everything they do is always innovation is at the heart of what they do isn't it so the next year they'll do something better no doubt uh, yeah. and the the TV ad at the moment is is quite good. Where have you seen it with the line, and they saying like, "Oh, now it's like reclaim your kingdom or whatever." Yeah. Or like, oh. yeah, 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 exactly. I was saying as well. I mentioned it earlier that the IKEA have come out. You know the IKEA instructions. Yeah. And they always they've been known in the past to do like funny iterations of them. Um, they came out with some recently, which I've seen on Instagram, uh, of like IKEA instructions. Uh, of how to make like forts mm. in, at home so like sofa forts blanket forts that kind of thing obviously so, their style is like so recognizable and they're just so clever and so simple um i just think they're brilliant they like you say george they're probably one of my favorite marketers 100 percent. they like they, they've got such a recognizable brand there's no need for it to be uh like that standout you know the, the, like even this it's not it's not if any other brand did it right. If Made.com did this, or another Habitat, or any of these furniture brands, right, homeware brands, like you're not going to notice it. It's going to go under the radar. But these guys, like they, they don't, they, they don't. They just put their name on it, and that's enough. It's good because they're an all-round, they're an all-round brand, aren't they? But they've got they've got so many assets. Like they've got their they've got the the weird names that no one can pronounce, and they've oh. got like I say that that in the notorious style black and white instructions um and they have they had the i can't remember how there was a the craze that kicked off a few years ago about ikea streetwear yeah that um, was that, yeah i remember that they make themselves very culturally relevant i think that's what the key is and they've just got so much personality <laughs> to play with that it just yeah. like it must be so much fun to come up with stuff for them they do it all in-house as well i believe i don't think they have yeah. an agency so i think like you know it's just you can tell that's people who out and out love IKEA as well. They're the people that do it. Yeah. And I think what it's done is that it's, I mean, IKEA is known for being like good good value or you can get cheaper furniture there. But they've, by by doing ads like that or being known for doing really good quality ads, it shows that like people don't just see it as a cheap, shitty brand. It like has that that element of quality to it. Simple but clever. That's what when I think of IKEA, I think it's simple but clever. They're very yeah. good at yeah. building brand affinity. I think you shop but, there because you want to shop there, not because necessarily you're shopping there for the product being the best or whatever. It's because you want to be part of the IKEA family and you want to be you want to shop there because you enjoy what they do outside of just selling a product that you buy into yeah. them fully. Hundred percent. Eliza, any other campaigns that have stood out for you that you thought have been really good? I mean, like you said, like so many challenges are happening. Lots of brands are like pushing the UGC element to campaigns. I mean, I really liked the Nike living room cup, um, which sat on Instagram. And they basically activated loads of sports stars um, for like challenges. So they would do an exercise. And it would be how many reps you could do in a certain amount of time. And it's just generated so many, so much content along the, the, the hashtag living room cut, which is very interesting to see that people just get involved with like fitness things at the moment. I think it's at the right time as well, where people are exercising in homes and then 
what's happened is people are then filming themselves doing that challenge and getting involved in staying fit and healthy, but also interacting with the brand. I think so. Th- this one started at the uh, beginning of April now, I think. So it's been running for a while. And yeah, the amount of UGC is absolutely insane. Yeah. And they've come out with like different, some like, I've seen quite a lot of uh, ads on Instagram with like different exercises, different stars, different videos. And what I love is like, you'll be watching a video and it's a mashup of all these people doing these exercises and one shot you'll see LeBron James and then the next shot you'll see like just some random person in his flat and it's just like so bizarre seeing think that oh that could be me in that video with that person and I think there's an opportunity now more than ever for anyone can make anything on social media and then end up end up in like I don't know a tv ad or in a video next to their their hero yeah. I think Argos are doing it at the moment. There's, they're doing, they're running ads for, like drumming with pots and pans. Yeah, and you, upl- you upload a video, and then you got a chance to be in their TV ad. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's I'm, hilarious. I'm going to rec- I'm going to record my my video later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's, there's, it's great to give the opportunity to like anyone to to be featured in this kind of thing. Whereas before it was always quite cheesy, like oh, win a chance to be on TV. Whereas for some reason now it's like completely normal. Yeah. Um, but also yeah. people like, I mean, before we could always have just watched a video from David Attenborough about nature, whereas now because David Attenborough is doing like a private or not a private lesson, but a lesson about biology or whatever it may be, it, it all of a sudden feels like it's it's special or like he's actually your teacher um, rather than it's just a video that he's pre-recorded that he could have done at any time. I don't know. It just it. I think people feel a lot closer to everybody else, whether they're celebrities or not. Um, I think it, and it just shows the, the power of social. Really. I think it's a very persuasive um, tactic. It's like formally in that unity. And that's such a persuasive tactic for brands to utilize as well. It's like we mentioned earlier, it's like a level playing field. So like, yeah, if you're a brand, no matter how much money you got, you've still got the same problem as everyone else. Yeah. Likewise, if you're the best athlete in the world or you're, I don't know, someone stuck in their flat, you still got well to some degree you've got the same problems so i don't know it's like kind of like the gap's been closed a bit yeah and, and i don't know maybe people do feel a little bit closer i think it's gonna be interesting seeing how it goes forward right because it's all been it's all been uh like fairly new until this point like you're saying it's it's unified but it's because it's all very uh it's you know we haven't been here before we're like what's going on but if this is still a few months down mm. the line if we're in the same position you wonder how a brand's gonna adapt that you know is it going to be like nike they look great now they look proactive they look like they're responding to it they're being reactive but there's only so long that situation is is new enough that you can react to it but it you yeah. i mean we'll have to see but hopefully we're not in the same position for, for months but if we are it, that's it a will f- be so many campaigns at the moment are just iterative and similar and like you got challenges and you got UGC and you got stuff about community and you got, I don't know, stuff about pulling together and all that. And we're at the point now where everyone's getting so bored of it. Yeah. It needs to be different. I'm yet to see something that I think is like really, really, really creative. Like the next um, big thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. waiting for something that's like, wow, that was fucking clever. Um, as opposed to, oh, that's really nice. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I really like the the hashtag from Harkin Doss where they did Harkin Doors. That's yeah. 
that's just that's just quite good. I, I enjoy that. Um, right, but guys, I mean, we it is one minute away. I think for thirty seconds, and we're going to start clapping for the NHS. Um, George, thanks thanks for joining us on such short notice. No worries, mate. Anytime. Cheers, mate. <laughs> thanks very much. Um, and yeah, let's go clap for the NHS. Let me explain. Strategy. Let's talk a little strategy, guys. What else could you possibly?